Shadow Wizard Ton, driving down the 101. California, here we come, right back where we started from. California! Welcome to the OCD, bitch. The show where we take an in-depth, episode-by-episode look at the seminal and underrated primetime soap opera of the early aughts, the OC. It's like no television show you've ever seen, and this is similar to every podcast you've ever heard. I'm your host for the evening, Mike Gravano, and with me, as always, is my bosom pal, my best bud, my grand grimace, Ryan. So bosom buddies, that term means that we, you look like a boob and I look like a boob, and together we're bosom buddies. I think so. Okay, so do you have a specific preference in, as to which boob that you look like? Left, please. You want the left? Yes. Okay, but you know for a fact that I want the left. You know that's the most preferable boob to be you in You love bosom. the sinister boob. Yeah, I do. It's it's the weird one. It's the one with the, the goatee. You know, it's mm-hmm. the evil twin of Bizarro boobs. Bizarro boob. Yeah. Nobody wants to be the right boob. That square-ass right boob. It's weird corners. It always does everything okay. Nobody's right it's boob fine. is ever popping out. It's fine. Watch when girls dive into a pool. It's the left boob that's popping out because that left boob has other ideas that that girl it, does not know it's about. It's going to go crazy. It's going to do whatever it wants. You, you ever seen Idle Hands with Devin Sawa? You know that I have. You know that we have a full podcast, Idle Hands Minute, where we talk about that movie all of the time. Okay, do not tease me with that, my friend. Patreon listeners, look out for that coming next summer. How many of the minutes, how many of the episodes of that podcast are going to be me teaching you how to appropriately pronounce Devin Sawa? Uh, probably at least the first 20. Devin Sawa? Devin Sawa. Devin Sawa is what you say. Devin Sawa. You're a Devin Sawa guy. Oh, you know it's Devin Sawa? It's, okay. <laughs> Why don't we calm down with how we talk to each other? Okay, because right now I feel the hostility. It's Devin Sawa. People have complained that we say we're bosom buddies and then just start strangling each other on air. Do you know? Shut up, shut up. Do you know what Devin Sawa's uh, greatest role is? Casper. It's Casper. He is the real life. Of course, Casper, it's Casper. <laughs> IRL Casper. IRLC. What else could it be? Fucking, fucking now or never. No, it's that. Never better forget it. What am I trying to say? You mean all those movies in the late 90s that just had generic? Yeah. Like, something better come. Uh, Gabby Hoffman, Christina Ricci, Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, Now and Then. Little Uma Thurman. Thor Birch is what I... Now and Then. You're thinking of Now and Then, My Traveling Pants. Now and Then, My Traveling Pants. Devin Sawa, you get to see his little silhouetted dode. You see his penis in Now and Then? He jumps off a thing and then... Naked? His dongle dangles and then he goes into the water. Now, so by dongle, you mean the thing you plug into your computer to control your mouse? That's what he does. So he, you see his dongle, a silhouette, and that's, what is that, scandalous to you? Yeah. That that's how he just controls his laptop? It is scandalous. He was like 12. It's so weird how many 20-something girls tell him he's hot. People of all ages can have dongles and show their dongles. I don't, I disagree. I'm, I'm trying to put on every state's bill, hide the dongles. <laughs> Okay, and you're going from state to state. State to state, all you're, 52. You're Johnny Apple Dongle over here, going from state to state, planting dongles in everybody's bills. J-A-D, yeah, you know me. The, okay, the, yeah. The, I guess all bills need their little cute acronym. Uh-huh. And yours is Johnny A-D-D, <laughs> yeah, you know me. Johnny Apple Dongle. So I, I have to call it J-A-D. Now and then scared me as a kid. Well, yeah, you were a frightful child. But it's, uh, they try to pull up a ghost. At some point with some sort of... Oh, do you mean Casper played by Devin Sawa? <laughs> yeah, they try to pull up some sort of Casper. But it's a normal-ass coming-of-age movie. But then there is a ghost because you see a shadowy silhouette of the ghost when they try to talk to it. That scared me way more as a kid than, like, Chucky. Because that's a horror movie. But they're very upfront about it. 
Like, this is clearly a scary doll. Okay, I get it. I'll watch the right. movie. As opposed to not having any idea that now and then is going to have you, its own chuckie. Do you want to watch a delightful summer movie about preteens becoming teens? Here's a ghost. Okay, summer movie, maybe. Delightful, not at all. It, for some of them, it's a horror movie. Because su- one of those girls turned into Rita Wilson, our nation's greatest monster. Uh, what? Yeah, no, I'm going to be the first one to say Speak it. Speak nope. more on that. Nobody likes Rita Wilson. She stole Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks <gasps> was going to become the Vinny Chase of our generation, going from entourage to entourage, bar to bar, in L.A., in a convertible. Oh, yeah! Cruising so, on chicks, and Rita Wilson took him away from that. And gave us Colin Hanks, and he tried to entourage, and it's much shittier. And then Colin Hanks' brother... The less said about Sven? the better. The, the Chaz. Chaz Hanks. Chaz Hanks, who was one hit, and I'll use that term loosely if I may. Uh, his single is Purple Yellow or Purple Orange, which is a riff, but not a weird Al style riff on Black and Yellow. I'm sorry. He he wanted to be a rapper, and then he named his song Purple Orange, the two words that have nothing <laughs> that rhyme with. Y'all know how I love purple. And I also love orange. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. Do you remember when we saved up for an entire summer when we were little girls? We saved up $5,000 each to buy one ticket to heaven to ask God, hey, is there any way that you can make Chaz Hanks dead and not Devin Sava? And he was like, nope, Casper's Casper, bitch. I don't know what to tell you. Casper's dead, motherfuckers. And that's why we love Idle Hands. Tune in early 2019 for the Idle Hands Minute. Are we married to that name? Yeah. No, we have a new studio built. It's the Devil's Workshop. And we're going to talk about all about oh, the Idle Hands. Okay. You, you, I like the Devil's Workshop a lot. Ryan, tonight. On You're the, only... T- wait, what? On the you OC. said my name, what? Seth. Go ahead. Talk, what? Summer. Ryan and Marissa head to TJ together and find out that they all get on each other's nerves. Meanwhile, Kirsten helps Jimmy paint his new apartment with scintillating results. Mike, we're going to tell TJ stories. We're going to talk about road trip stories. This is the first time we've ever seen the four together. Like, this is the four. The four together. Also, meanwhile, Sandy gets offered a high-paying lawyer job, and Marissa sees Luke and Holly making out with dire consequences. All this and more on tonight's episode of The OCD. TJ, baby! Ryan, we've talked about it for so long. I thought this was the third episode. Uh-huh. Turns out it's like the eighth or ninth. The eighth episode. Uh, but Mike, we have done it. We have made it. We have made it to TJ. Gotten to TJ. And Ryan, I think this might just be the quintessential episode this of the This is OC. absolutely the quint. This is when the OC finds itself. It really finds itself. But this is, we are coming off what I declared the worst OC episode so far, right? Gabrielle? Yes. This is the best OC episode that has ever existed in the history of time. I have been waiting to record this show about this episode for my entire fucking life. Even before you were just, you woke up at three years old and went, someday. I was a twinkle in my father's eye and I came out of his eye, Zeus style. Like I was just Athena being born and I screamed TJ. TJ! It's weird that he didn't name you that. Yeah, well. I mean, it's good because then your name would be fucking TJ. But it's weird that your baby's first words were TJ and you didn't name it that. And I don't know, Mike, if you're the type of Luke guy who thinks that TJ is like a sort of a romantic place or a Marissa <laughs> kind of person who thinks it's a actually trash it's kind of for trash people. <laughs> yeah. But you should be more like Marissa. I'm a Marissa. Yeah. I can we can we Sex in the City has owned it for 20 years cuz can we knock off the are you a Miranda? Are you a Samantha? Are you no. a Charlotte? Are you a what's the other one? 
I've been taking a quiz based on which member of the OCD are you from this particular episode that we're recording so far. Uh-huh. And it turns out that I am a Mike so far. Ah, so Suck it. It's That's weird. the worst one to get and you know it. Yeah, it's you not fun right now. Chump. But can I'm going to go please... poop in a bucket. Don't tell people what I do. (laughs) It's the number one mic trait. Tell people what I do. But I want to knock them off their pedestal. And are you a Seth Summer? Luke, Marissa, Ryan. Which which character am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Oh, you mean the conversation that we've had for every episode so far? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I'm a Luke, clearly. You gay wad. You wear this. Oh, you are a Luke. (laughs) You wear those puka shells so well. This episode opens with seth as he is wont to do convincing ryan to do something he does not want to do all right and i it finally all clicked with me because we've been talking about how seth is responsible for all of ryan's bad actions uh-huh it's thor loki this is the story of thor and loki in orange county oh shit because they even got the right hair color they all have the hair color thor is buff and tries to do good but he's not the brightest boy. Mm-hmm. You know, he sticks to his morals too much. And this fucking Loki comes along and can trick him into doing anything that he wants. This little trickster goes in there and says, I've been going to this comic book convention my whole life. And come on, Seth is not going to turn down a comic book convention. He's going to find a different weekend to go to TJ. Oh. Well, if he you know they're talking about San Diego. Well, th- well, at first I was like, "Can they not say Comic Con?" Because like all the Super Bowl reasons, I'm sorry. The big game reasons, Thank I'm you. sorry. Everybody plays football in one big day. All of it's fucking trademarked. Wait, I'm sorry. You think all 30 teams worth of players all come together to play all the football in all one day? Be a better game, wouldn't it? If it was like, what is that WrestleMania or the one where it's one man enter? Like, do they just rage in the cage? The gauntlet. Yeah, if Super Bowl was rage in the cage. Everybody kick each other until you win football? <laughs> I would fucking watch football, finally. So Seth certainly is going to go to WonderCon later because he skipped San Diego Comic-Con. Sure. I think it was that in 2003, he has to say this comic book convention because in the next scene when he says Comic-Con, so many people would go, what is that? But he had to introduce this comic book convention. And San Diego owns the term Comic-Con because they're the first person to cut Vention out uh-huh. of the title. Congratulations, They did San that Diego. and then just like jerked each other off for four hours. But they do not go to Comic-Con, even though that's all Ryan wants to do right now. Yes, it's all he wants to do. Seth got him hooked on comic books, so we had somebody to talk to about comic books. And Ryan's saying weird things. He's not saying, like, hey, do you have the new issue of Spider-Man? We have seen episodes where he's reading, like, Batgirl. He's reading, like, B and C-level characters. Crow. Because he likes comic books now, and the second Seth has him hooked. And Loki does a lot of bad things just to watch Thor suffer. I'm not saying that Seth is like that. I'm talking about this other Thor and Loki. Like, when they were kids, it was just that, hey, I'm bad. I'm a little bad boy. I'm a little bad boy. And I need you to do all the bad stuff for me. Seth is Loki. Did you ever Loki a friend or a brother figure? Where did you ever manipulate? Uh, there was one time I talked to some fucking idiot into doing a podcast about the OC. Was that before this one? That was, yeah. That was a, that was it was failed? Weeks ago. Nobody listened? It was, just, it was slight weeks ago. Wait. But no, I would say that uh, my brother, my little brother, was a like sort of thuggy, muscular, um, moralistic guy mm-hmm. that I just used at my leisure whenever I wanted. I would just send him into, like, at one Battle. point, I called a helicopter and it took him to Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> what a good prank. And he fought in the war. Whatever. At that point, the war was against, like, high prices. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, it was, 
It was that bread was too expensive, and we fought Vietnam for that. You're you're not so old that you're you sent your brother to real Vietnam, which would be the best prank in the world. That's such a good prank. <laughs> I should have done you it. You thought you were going to Vegas. You're in the swamps of Vietnam. I feel like whether there's a war or not, sending someone someone unwittingly to Vietnam is a crazy yeah, prank. I love it. Do it, just not to me. Now I fucking know I'm going to wake him in Vietnam one day. Bachelor party. <sighs> so Seth convinces Ryan somehow. And because he overhears Summer saying she needs a ride. And Summer is such a desperate thought that she goes, I don't like these guys, but I guess I'll go to TJ with them. And when you say Summer's a thought, she's a T-H-O-U-G-H-T? No. Like she's a thought in the back of Seth's head? Not as some sort of Zeus and Athena situation? That's gross. No. (laughs) Why would you even bring that up? T-H-O-T, that hoe over there. That hoe over there. And that's sort of how Summer is right now. Although, I do believe, if I watch this episode correctly... This will be the end of her that. I don't know. I don't know if there's any evidence of that. Summer's always going to be a monster. You fucking liar. You piece of shit liar. And mm, so we're just trying to- Pass the toast. Pass the toast. Mike, he he passed the toast. (laughs) And they read newspapers like old people. All right, we'll get there later. No, let's die. So I'm trying to set the scene. So Summer convinces Marissa to go, not telling her that it's Ryan and Seth they're going to TJ with. Marissa tried to get out of going to TJ because- she realizes her dad is spiraling. Her dad is spiraling, so she needs to leave the house. She right. is with Luke now for sure because they had sex one time. Uh-huh. And if you have sex with puka shells, you stay with puka shells. You go puka, you don't... Yes, Mike. Yes. Want a puka. Perfect. And then also doesn't want to see Ryan because Ryan was hooking up with Gabrielle, which right. forced her yeah. to go have sex Revenge with Luke. Sex. So she's pissed, so... and she's not happy about it. And so she... But she has to get in the car and give... Ryan that look but before that Summer is dealing with having to go up with Seth and Summer is so close Summer finds some information out about Seth and is so close to using her catchphrase but she refrains and this is why I think that Summer's on the up and up Summer finds out that Seth is Jewish and oh man she said you're Jewish in an uncomfortable tone uh but usually Summer would say ew ew and she stopped. You can watch her mouth start to say it and then stop saying it. And that, I think, is applaudable for Summer. The, the car ground to a halt. Not literally yet. But everybody was like, is Summer an anti-Semitic? Or she would have to do the thing where she's like, you're Jewish? Ewish. You know, <laughs> I don't know if we're there yet to develop that no, joke. No, we're not there yet. That is a Seth joke, not yet a Summer joke. And in that... that, that we, is that a Britney Spears song? Uh-huh. It didn't do as well for some reason. Uh, and that, that's when... Because they're talking about going through the desert, and Seth says they had God on their side summer, so it's like quintessential not Loki Seth. Seth, when he's just like the fun bantery guy. These two wacky kids go oh. on a fucking 1940s screwball comedy adventure. Yes. This is this is Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert at the height of their powers right now. And Mike, you've seen a TV show episode or two. Mm-hmm. You've seen a movie. Could you tell Mike, based on the way that they were interacting, that this couple, these two bickering little buddies may have something in the future could you tell that there might be a little bit of chemistry a little bit of kismet are they our generations um hugh grant and julia roberts from notting hill from the from the hit film notting hill i'm nodding along to that because i could tell ryan it went from a lack of chemistry a chemistry black hole for the first seven episodes because seth was a drooling fucking dog of a human being and summer was rightfully cruel to him and then Anna came along and maybe showed and Seth how to roll. Some, some, some. And in this one, it, it's both that they both learn more about each other. 
Seth learns, don't put her on a pedestal. She's kind of awful. And Summer learns, wait, I think I like bullying him other than bullying him to make him go away. I like this presence around me. Because I think Summer has gone through life with nobody calling her out on her bullshit. So when Seth starts to, she is into it. So he's negging her? Is that what you're saying? Not on purpose. Like the way that you got every girl that you've ever gotten with, he's doing that same thing? Okay. I've asked you to not reveal two things about me. That you poop in a bucket. Poop in a bucket (laughs) and that I neg every girl I've ever met. Please. I'm trying. I have a rep Uh to protect. Uh Uh-huh. And before we get to the breakfast scene, we actually do have another scene to talk about. Seth, they, they, their car breaks down, and they have to get a hotel, and then Summer goes to shower, and then Seth takes the bed, and he refuses to leave the bed. Uh-huh. Now. That is what is this comedy. Move? This is absolutely screwball comedy. That Clark Gable Claudette, it happened one night. They, they were in a hotel, and they put right. like, the sheet in between them yeah. in order to protect our sensitive sensibilities. What is Seth doing here? Is this a power move? Is this a middle finger? Like, is he, is I, this, is he moving in on her, no. or is he saying, you know what, I'm done, fuck this chick, I'm out? She says, you make a move, I rip out your jugular. I think if Seth wanted Summer at all in that moment, he would have been on the couch. He would have been tripping over his feet to give her what she wants or what he thinks he wants. But he is saying, all of this is gross. This bed is the best. You've been a dickhead. Some could argue we broke down because of you because Jesus did not take that wheel, Ryan. Summer took that wheel out of Seth's hands. And, yeah, so he goes, Shivery's dead, sugar. It's ne- I, it, What's beautiful is neither of them look good, and they both look fucking great together. It's true. That's true. We are. There are two of the most iconic shots in the history of this show in this one episode, because it is the best episode. Uh, one of them, and we'll get to this later, shows the four of them sleeping, a uh, mm-hmm. boy and girl on one bed and a boy and girl on the other, which makes me think, if you do the math right, the two boys could have slept in the same bed because they have probably before. Right. And the two girls could have slept in one bed because they probably had before. But neither Seth nor Summer is moving from that bed. Be- and it, it's the whole, not that they know they should be willing, they won't they, for the audience. But I think as a teenager with those raging hormones, I hate this person. But they are both trying to power struggle. Nobody wants that couch. But also in the back, back, back of their head that they wouldn't reveal to anybody, even Ryan and Marissa, is like, but maybe if we sit next to each other. Maybe in the backpack. We also know that Ryan will take any fucking dirty couch. Like to a dirty couch to Ryan That's the is like the best bed he's ever yeah. had in his goddamn life. He's like seven thousand thread sheets to him. He's a he's I mean he's a he's a hillbilly. His ranking of beds in his life, Ryan, are the pool house bed, obviously. Sure, that's number one without a doubt. Number two, one time one of his mom's shitty boyfriends took him camping and it was a pretty soft patch of sand number three the bed that's in uh his you know best friend's raised truck bed uh-huh. just like getting that raised truck with those big tires and that calvin peeing on something yeah, 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 yeah number five is that same truck bed but when plastic lining is all over it filled with water for a hillbilly pool yeah and who peed in that pool calvin calvin he's pissed at it for some reason calvin isn't just the cartoon character on the sticker it's also <laughs> the brother of the guy who owns the truck ryan knows the literal calvin who pees on everything calvin has a pissing problem number six is this dirty hotel bed so number that's in the top six beds top he's ever six been beds. in what what could you even name top three of yours no but they're all better than that one. All of his list, I promise. Even the pool house bed? Because that's a pretty fucking nice bed. Yeah, that's the worst bed I've ever been in. And I've slept uh, in it. I, I paid the $30 and I slept in the pool house bed. You had the yeah. OCE experience? I did. 
the OC experience. It's, it's hard to sure. get through. It's weird because you definitely start by watching a shark movie at IMAX and mm-hmm. you go, is this what I wanted? And then by the end of it, you've sat on that bed, you've driven around with a surfboard on the top of your truck and you go, this is what I wanted. And when Marissa's ready to go to sleep, she's received such news that it doesn't matter where she sleeps. But Mike, that's for a different time. <laughs> I want to get to Summer and Seth spend the night together. And you know what's also cool about that is I do feel like that they both, Summer knows that Seth actually isn't going to make a move. Right. Which isn't the case with most of the guys that Summer hangs out with. She can actually feel safe around him. Yes. And I think you that's and I have issues with Seth Cohen, mm-hmm. but he will never molest a girl. I just, when I watched this before, I thought he was like low key, but now I realize that he's low key. Oh, I wish I could award points on this show. But Summer Kate. trusts him, and I think that is important. It's probably lame to her. Ooh, he's too right. gentle, and he won't feel me up in the middle of the night. But it actually is important. But yeah, she plays so much to a role she thinks she should have. And Seth lets her... She's wearing a mask. We're all wearing masks. Realize who she can actually be. Which is still, like, shitty and insulty in the best fucking way. Wait. She does... Who she actually is is insulty. It is shitty. But who is she actually, Mike? Who is she actually? Because the night is over and morning has come and they're in a motherfucking diner eating breakfast. And now I want to you to tell me who Summer actually is. She is an old lady, just she, like he's an old, old man. Yes, or they're both old they, people. They're, they're, they're just reading newspapers. They trade newspapers without saying a word. And then they he slides his crust over because they haven't mentioned it. He just knows, I guess. That now, she eats crust. Some six-year-old couples like get butthurt about their routine that they're in. Uh-huh. Like, oh, this is boring that we're in a routine. But when you're 16 and you're in a routine already, I think that's pretty impressive. And the way that they eat breakfast, how can you not start rooting for this couple? How can you? How not? can you not? How? How can? This is, no. How can you not? How can you not? How can you not? How could you not? There's so many times watching. How could you not? Teenagers, which are most shows. And even the first seven episodes of this, nothing makes me miss being a teenager. It was a horrific time of life. But their arc in just this episode, uh, that heart, that pitter-patter of heart, be like, I miss totally hating somebody into totally falling in love oh, with God, somebody. Oh, God, that's how they all worked. It's how summer. every relationship worked. I think we've, we've covered Hello, most of Summer and Seth. We do need to take a break, Ryan. Before we take a break, what have you fallen in love with recently? Orally. This is a podcast commercial? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> okay. So if you're liking this show, please make sure that you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review the OCD. That would help us out a lot. Also, make sure that you're listening to the Superhero Hour Hour. That is a show that reviews every single TV show based on comic books. Rate and review that one as well. Those are our only two. No. When we come back. What? No. I'm sorry, what? Ryan, what? there's also sorry, a movie of the year. Oh, shit. Which is, of course, where our friend Greg pits you and I against each other out of jealousy. He's so rude. To see who He's could a win one. the title of best friend. We do that by watching a new movie every week of a certain year. This first season is 1999, and it's all coming to a head soon. If you want to find out what the best movie of 1999 is, tune in to Movie of the Year. Now that it's all coming to a head, do you sort of wish that it was just called 1999 and we stay in 99 forever yes. and we just revel in it and yes. for eternity? Yes, I guess that's a, the spinoff. Can a new podcast have a spinoff right away? If you want to hear me, Mike and Greg, talk about Galaxy Quest, a movie that's from 99, 
Didn't Tough do it. Tarzan? Shirt. Didn't do it. American Never Pie? Didn't do it. Never gonna happen. We fucked up, dude. But we did good movies. We're trying we, to still we, sell Oh, yeah. Ones. We also did good movies. If you are in the mood for something a little bit more sophisticated, mm. if you're looking for something where you are drinking tea and one pinky is off your teacup... And you want to learn what it takes for a writer to become a writer, make sure that you are downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing Writer's Block, where my good friend Greg Wilhite will interview writers and poets about everything that makes them them. Yes, and it is a good show. You should also subscribe to that. If you want a lowdown, if that hillbilly pool bed sounded like a good idea to you, (laughs) and you don't want to drink your tea, you want to just hang out and swim through tea, listen to Tea Talking Tea, Check out Taylor talking Taylor. Once a month, our good friend Taylor talks about other famous people named Taylor. Sometimes he has a guest. Some most of the time, it's just him by himself. It's funny because if you listen to the chemistry across all of our shows, it feels like that we're in charge of Taylor, but he is actually our boss. Uh huh. And when he hears what you just said, you're gonna get some notes. He doesn't like, listen. He's gonna get so hey, pissed. Let's. We lost this episode. We don't. He doesn't. Oh we don't yeah. Need, we don't need to. Let's just not email it to him. Those are the shows. Please subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps us out. When we come back, we are going to dig it. Let's. Let, we're going to do a hard shift into the adult town. Right? What? Let's backtrack slightly, Ryan, to talk about your nom de plume. Okay. Your doppled ganger. Ryan. Your Jimmy. Oh. Our Coopers. My nom de plume. Wait, you think my name is Jimmy? I don't know what nom de plume means. Okay, it's it's uh, like alias or names of plums. AKA. Or if no, yeah. What is plum. the literal translation Latin to English? It's probably name of plum. Name of plum. Uh huh. And then so it's an idiom, and you lose something in the translation. Name right. of plum used to mean name of your name. God damn it, Mike! I we have not talked about Ryan and Marissa yet. No. A lot's happened. We're there. building. But um, we have talked about Seth and Summer, and I feel like everything that we discussed about Seth and Summer is enough for an episode of television. Yeah, but, but this, there's more. This motherfucker, this train wreck of an idiot asshole, does what we never thought would ever happen. Leaves Julie? No, that should obviously happen. If you're ever with Julie Cooper, with a Julie Cooper leave type. Julie Cooper. So I, I do think Marissa is the star of this episode, arguably star of the show. And so she's going to be flitting in and out of other people's storylines. But to focus in on Jimmy, he thinks he needs her to go away. Julie has taken Caitlin somewhere, probably to say goodbye to China yet again. Well, she Julie Cooper took Caitlin to that camp where you take Shailene Woodley to become Willa Holland. Mm. It takes three years, but it's a weird camp. Yeah, it eventually comes out. And he knows Marissa because Julie and Jimmy are very permissive parents. Right. Knows the kids are going to go get wrecked in TJ. They have to lie. Seth and Ryan have to lie and say, we're going to Uh Comic-Con. Please let us go. And they're like, fine, because it's nerdy. And then go to TJ. Jimmy knows Marissa's going to TJ. And he's like, yeah, fucking sure. Of course. Go. Oh, man. Such a good summer moment. He goes, oh, Luke will be there. Luke. Because at this point, he's just grasping at anything regularly, and he looks to Summer. Luke looks a good kid. Looks a good kid, right? Right, Summer? And Summer's so sassy, goes, I fucking guess. <laughs> Don't talk to me, Jimmy Cooper. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing about Summer, though, is that no matter what Jimmy said, Summer would be like, Don't. Don't ever make eye contact with me. Is it because she saw Marissa's dad get beat up by another dad? Because that- five episodes ago, Summer wanted Jimmy Cooper. That is true, but I think most of it is 
uh, Tate Donovan's sweaty face. Uh-huh. If you ever have that sort of sweaty face as an adult and then you talk to a teenager, they're going to look at you no matter what you say. Based on his amazing... Acting skills. Weird uh, male vocal fry voice and his dumb sweaty face. He was born for animation, right? Oh, my God. Do we have to really do this right now? How Jimmy Cooper went from zero to hero? Just like that, Ryan. Oh, my God. Every episode we have to do this. Not every episode, but I do think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about how he put the glad and gladiator. Yes. We would be remiss if we didn't mention that one fact. Tate Donovan Uh can go the distance. Tate Donovan or Ray Donovan? I'm not a Ray Donna fan, okay. so I don't want to bring that up ever again. Tate Donovan, uh, my favorite part of this, it, it's supposed to be an end of act two thing, but he, Harry and the Hendersons, Marissa, because she's like, Dad, you're going through a thing, I'm going through a thing. What if just you and I hung out this weekend? And he goes, no. Throws a rock Throws right, a at rock her right at her head. And come on, Misha Barton sells it by doing her normal thing of looking back and forth a couple times, <laughs> and then the scene just cuts. It's her move. Give it up for her. Does the director just know to yell cut after she starts doing that? If you thought that Ryan Atwood was not doing a spectacular <laughs> job of acting, let's get to the next Marissa scene. But it's uh, how he throws a rock right at her head. The emotional rock is him saying, I can't take care of both of us. Uh huh. It hurts. You're her father. You're her it is your job to take care of both of you. Father, what else should you do? Steal more people's money, Jimmy Cooper? Marissa should have said, whoa, Tate Donovan, wait, Donovan, I have something to tell you. You're a little too late, Donovan. <laughs> I have to go masturbate, Donovan? <laughs> no, I, no, that, I don't that, want to that just that. Okay, I get it. Uh, and then later, Jimmy calls Marissa. She Now, he doesn't want to, though. He doesn't want to. Kiki says, mm-hmm. Kirsten Cohen, his next-door neighbor, who he has met a couple times, a time says, or two. Uh, you have to call your daughter right now, even though she's on a summer trip to TJ on vacation. Call her right now when she cannot talk to you. She cannot hug you or anything and say, hey, by the way, uh, I'm divorcing your mom and I will not be here when you're gone. That's bad advice, Kiki. That is bad advice. Bad advice, Kiki, is her nickname for this episode. Uh, I would say, hold on. Grab another plate, Donovan, fill it up, get some more food, and wait until she gets home to tell her. You should have told her before. Don't try to kiss me. We're just mates, Donovan. At least say that. Uh, but when when Jimmy does call Marissa, he is sitting in his brand new painted bachelor pad, and the All of his shadows, stuff in a crate, Donovan. His shadows are lined, and it looks like fucking jail bars, my friend. Yes, it does. And this is where we get to just one of the many reasons why the OC is... I don't know, a couple of steps above most TV shows. It's so good. Have we you're talked about that? You're not expecting the lines to be there because you think that you're watching your typical high school show. And they don't even try to color in or outside the lines. They don't even know there are lines. Okay, now I feel like you're insulting the show by making jokes. This is not the time to be making jokes. We're I'm talking not about making Tate Donovan being in jail. I'm talking about how good this show is. We're talking about a time where he's going to have to stand up on a table in his jail cell or in the like the cafe, jail cafeteria, mm-hmm. and he's going to have to orate Donovan and preach to everyone about what he's going through. Or he just sits depressed in a corner in isolation like he's just some sort of piece of freight Donovan. But all we have now is deflate Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Jimmy and Kirsten. Okay. And so they're hanging out. This is the scene that we think that we, sh- we were waiting for the entire series so far, right? And we think that we almost got it in the model house. Mm-hmm. The model home. That Ryan burned down. I don't know if Caleb's mentioned that recently, but Ryan Fucking burned Caleb. down his stupid muddle home. But uh, Tate Donovan, I'm just going to call him. You know what, Jimmy. I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah, stick with Jimmy. Jimmy um, has a thing for Kiki. 
What? And so Jimmy makes the move. He invites. Have he, you ever he, tried to seduce somebody by how pathetic you are? Uh yeah. It's, a, it's <laughs> I sort mean, of my only it's move. Your thing. Yeah. Um, Jimmy says, "Kirsten, come over. Help me paint my house." And she does. Probably mistake number one. Mm-hmm. But we can talk about that later. I don't know if it's cool for Kirsten go, to go over and help a deflated Jimmy. Um, and then Jimmy makes the moves. But what I want to focus on is the kiss because every unwanted kiss is different. Uh-huh. And you have to, we know Jimmy's going in, but we have to She look, knows he's going in. Yes, absolutely. We have to look at how the other one responds because I would think that it would just be disgust and surprise and push off. But she closes her eyes a little bit and she opens her mouth a little bit. Just and, for a second. Because she's also recalling the innocent time they were together. He, in his pathetic ways... Uh, when they were painting, he was like, this is the first time I've been a bachelor. I went from Julie, or you to Julie. And her and Sandy are in a tiff right now. And so she let herself have a fucking millisecond. She was like, oh, I get it. You have been watching the Elizabeth Taylor remake of Taming of the Shoe called Kiss Me Kate Donovan. There we go. But she needed to shut that shit down faster. The minute he started talking about them being together while is painting. That, is that fair to pull out the stopwatch and like time how long it takes for you to like repel and disgust? Or is it just such a chaotic moment in one's life? No. My, my argument is that even before the kiss, she could have pulled that rug from under him. Did you see what, I mean, those overalls and there's paint on them? Yeah. That's, that's sexy time. She was just a little late, Donovan. God damn it. To pulling back from it. But she did pull back uh-huh. and then left. And, and I, to give credit to Jimmy, where we rarely should, because uh, he's kind of a shit, uh, she said, I should go. And he went, yeah, yeah, you should. And you can see in his eyes at that moment, this is my favorite part of the moment, is you can see in his eyes that he is now realizing what a fucking train wreck he is. Yes. He always has an excuse. He always has an excuse. And now he realized that he, he it actually does destroy everything in his, past, in his path. He's not just like... Uh, happy-go-lucky falling into these mm-hmm. incidences. But the problem is that I needed Kirsten to be big girl Kirsten, mm-hmm. not little man Tate Donovan. He's not doing so great, Donovan. I think we should take a break. <laughs> Donovan. <laughs> and then when we'll come back, we'll uh, keep on this Kirsten digging to Kirsten Sandy train. Flip side to Jimmy and Kirsten is Kirsten and Sandy. And what marital woes those two crazy kids are going through, Ryan. Yeah. What are the marital woes? Well, Kirsten is nervous that Sandy is going to maybe take a job at a big wig firm and go against his true beliefs of being a public defender. And when you're a public defender, you make very little money Mm -hmm. saving kids from the streets. Like a Ryan. And Sandy has an accusation for Kirsten of why she loves that so much. Bringing us to a brand new segment called Sandy Unwisdom. We do not have a Sandy Wisdom in this episode. The first of eight episodes. Well, there is some. I mean, Sandy says some stuff. I'm just not sure if it's super wisdomy. No, I'd say this is the opposite of wise, the shit he says. Okay, so they're having a pretty congenial conversation about how Sandy doesn't make the money. Mm-hmm. And Kirsten likes that because it's like if you're a big oil magnet and you're dating a teacher. All the oil's coming to you. Yes, because I said the word magnet. Uh-huh. And 
and then you have a teacher and you're like, well, you're, the money that you make is spiritual. You know, like you're right. earning that and like making the community you make better. make the kids so good. And Kirsten's coming off. I don't know. Is she clearly coming off in a way that she enjoys that fact or is that Sandy I think reaching that's, for I it? I think it, it, this is purely Sandy's. Kirsten fucks up by not letting, by letting Jimmy kiss her for too long. She does not fuck up when it comes to her and Sandy in this episode. Does she not want Sandy to take the job because it will make Sandy unhappy or because it will ruin Kirsten's Because she's life. A Captain EO and gets off on the fact that he is not? Okay, so, I mean, we just say CEO. But yes, because she's the CEO of her company and her family. Right. And Sandy is the person that make, get, like fills the family with good spirits. And that's... May I quote one Sanford and Son right now? He says... You're going to quote both Sandy and Seth right now. As long as I haven't sold out, you haven't sold out. The only thing that keeps you from feeling like Julie Cooper is me. And this is what made the person that I watched it with screech out loud. That's... I mean, is that the sickest burn in OC history to this yes. date? Yes. The only harsh. thing that keeps you from being Julie Cooper is me. Harsh. And we know how Kiki feels about Julie Cooper. And we know how Sandy feels about Julie Cooper. Is Sandy out of line here? Yes, for is sure. Is this the most out of line that we have ever seen Sandy? Is this the most out of line that we will ever see Sandy? Yeah. It's harsh. Yes. It, it, it's one of the worst things that anybody has said to anybody ever. Because you brought In up history. Julie Cooper. It's horrific. And it's that's how you know he is in the wrong, is that he said something cruel to his wife to hurt her, which means he is flailing and afraid and showing his soft belly with how barbed his words are. But what we did not get in this episode is any sort of... Julie Cooper. Like, Sandy coming and saying, oh, I'm sorry about that thing I said about Julie Cooper. No, I, I think one of the things that makes them... There's two two moments, if that was a bad fucking moment, two that show why they're a great couple, and we should all learn from them. The first one is, Kirsten asks Sandy if it's okay that she's helping Jimmy. And he says, of course, with everything he needs to help him. Like, he, this dude needs our help. And I think it's she doesn't need his permission, but it's cool that she asked, and it's cool that he's cool with it. And it's later, she knows he took the job, and they just pour wine and say cheers to a new season, which is stinky or winky. It's not a new season of the show, but it feels like it's about to be. Yeah, I mean, we're going into the fall season. Summer's almost over. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean Summer Roberts. Oh, Summer she, is about to just become, starting. Yeah, she is just starting. But the summer's almost over. They're about to go back to school, and this is sort of a new season. It's a, I would say, winky. A winkier cheese? It's a winky where like you get a little waft a, of stinky. Yeah, I, I can smell your that winky. That wink had a bit of a foot yeah. on it. Um, but, yeah, they are going into a new thing, and I don't know. I don't. Basically, Sandy walks in, and Sandy's just perfect all the time, and mm -hmm. he says instead, I want you to say this thing. I want you to support the thing that I'm not telling you about. I want right. you to mentally know what I want you to say and then when you don't say it I just come at you like claws out and that that means he has been sitting with this for a while and I will say because this is a smart show they don't have to bring up Caleb again but that it's because Caleb got into Sandy's head last episode oh for sure Caleb's or uh Sandy said hey Caleb don't talk like that in my house and Caleb said whose house you don't Ron's say house. that say what whose house and Caleb should know that it's Ron's Ron's house. house say what my and so now he's thinking. Okay, it's, that's a two the two different shows right there. Martin is a different show. Um, Sandy's thinking. I am not pulling my weight in this family mm -hmm. financially, and so now we're starting to think. But are we also getting thoughts? Are we getting sprinkles of the fact that Sandy may want to hang out 
more. He may want to spend some more time with his smoke show blonde ex-employee. This is the episode that introduces Rachel. Rachel's here. And Rachel's house. If, Martin. If Seth and Summer go back and forth, it's just because Seth watched his dad go back and forth with Rachel once upon a time. Now, like, you've never seen the OC before. This is your first, like, watching of all these shows. What do you think of Rachel? What do you think might happen with Rachel and Sandy? I will say there is no over-the-top winkingness. There's no Rachel never says she likes to surf every morning and is from the Bronx the way Anna from Pittsburgh said she wants to sail to Tahiti one day. Yeah, that was that's that's a little on the nose. This was these people have a very natural chemistry and neg each other. But Mike, in the same episode that Seth and Summer are sitting up in the front seat and bickering like they do, mm-hmm. we also get Sandy and Rachel. You're not seeing any comparisons here? Oh, for sure. And I'm because they say stuff to each other like because they worked together before she or they worked against each other. He was a public defender and she was uh what's private the, defender. The mean version of a public defender is a city's prosecutor. Vigilante. A DA. She worked for a DA. And so they're against the the and so they have a very like ah so you don't know. One is Marky Post, the other's John Larroquette. One is the coyote from that cartoon. One is the big shaggy dog who hate each other when they clock in, but they clock out and have dinner together. Right. One is the coyote from that cartoon. The other is the roadrunner, the speedy bird. One is roadrunner, the old internet service. One is a big shaggy dog, that story that goes nowhere and was probably fake. One is Ask Jeeves, the old internet service. The other is AOL who says, hey, bud, you've got mail. One's Hotmail, a thing only grandmas and princes from Nigeria still use. One is a Hotmail, my best friend sitting across the table from oh, me. shut up. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. Uh, one's a male, one's a female. They're different. Watch 80s comedy if you want more details on how males and females are different. Or 80s stand-up? Oh, is that what you meant? Yeah, by comedy, yes. I thought, like, Ghostbusters and or Revenge of the Nerds. Well, Revenge of the Nerds, I think, spells it out correctly. Uh, males are all horrible. Females are what males are horrible about. It's not just males are horrible. Male is horrible. Down with the U.S. Postal Service forever. Unite. Boo. Unite. UPS. UPS. Have we have we exhausted Candy, Sandy and Kirsten? Well, yeah. I, I mean, like, and and Ra- all we know is Rachel's around and Sandy's gonna work with her. Do you know what's an adorable moment? They they toast, but it's that Kirsten knows he took the job. And she has accepted that is what he actually wants. And maybe should we have had a scene of groveling? Probably. Probably. But based on what you've told me about your feelings on the Jimmy Kirsten kiss and also how we're rewatching this uh, and how like we're rewatching how Sandy and Kirsten talk to each other. Kirsten's always in the right. Yeah. And Sandy rarely is. Man, I used to think that Seth and Sandy were the coolest. Right. And now I see that it's Ryan it's and Kirsten, Kirsten all of the time. And I think that's this is growing up. It's just up. me growing up. It's just growing up. Na na na. Na na na. I'm gonna let you go all the way through your na na's with this one. Na na. Doctors say that it once you get into the blink one eighty two na na and I wake you up short of you finishing, then who knows what can you can have a heart attack. We've talked about how I grew up with eleven grandparents, right? And then there was the nana who said some things that are a little racist. And then there was the Blink One Eighty Two Nanana who just turned me on to all the pop punk in my life. Still very racist, but yes, pretty racist. Knew what pop punk was. There's all a lot about. of all white pop punk bands. Not a lot of people of color. But like, if I had to pick between the two, don't have a nana. I have a nana na. Yeah, sure. Nanana. Na, na. I'm sorry, I pronounced it wrong. When we, I pronounced it wrong. <laughs> Come right back. 
It will be to talk about. Can we talk about Ryan and Marissa for fuck's God fucking damn, sake? God damn, let's fucking zoom in on Marissa and Ryan. Ryan, Marissa. How'd you know my last name? This is the greatest relationship in TV history, right? This is Sam and Diane unhealthy. times a billion. Keep going. Okay. Let's start at the beginning. Marissa is pissed. That she fucked Luke? She fucked Luke. Well, no, I think that she's okay with that, even though she did not enjoy it. And you know that Luke is not the greatest lover. No. Nobody that wears puka shells is a good lover. Yeah, Luke does not care if Marissa comes or not. Absolutely not. There's no, like, uh, 10 minutes of going down on her before shit happens. Uh, and then, But Marissa is upset to see Ryan. But she gets in the car anyway, and then they drive to Tijuana. She, yeah, I like the amount of shade she throws Ryan. But then when Summer and Seth have their blow up and they're in the shitty hotel room, it is Marissa who goes, we can make this work. Like, she becomes the positive energy of let's push this forward. We can do this. She says, my parents will stay together forever. We can make this work. Right. She if they can, yet. we can. Uh, yeah, Ryan does try to hand her a water Oh, right. during the drive, and Marissa has no time for that. I don't drink Fiji water, Ryan. Settle down, Marissa. You can still take a water from the guy that banged Gabrielle in a pool house. Okay. It's a long, hot drive. You need a water to drink. You need a little bit of Fiji. Just Everyone needs a little Fiji. Everybody needs a little bit of Fiji. But then they get there, and Ryan, I feel like, proves, what do you think, 700, 800 times that he's the best guy ever and only cares about Marissa throughout the course of this episode? Right. He keeps saying, I'm Do you need sorry. Fiji water? Do you want more Fiji water? They have the longest talk in front of a vending machine that anybody has ever had because Summer and Seth have argued, showered, and then fallen asleep by the time they get back. Let's get to the vending machine. They go out. Even though she hates him, there's no reason for that to happen. No. Ryan's capable of going to a vending machine on his own, but they go out together because I think Marissa still likes Ryan. And they have to decide between what they call cheese curls, cheese sticks, mm-hmm. cheese sticks and ding-dongs. And Ryan says, do you want cheese sticks or ding-dongs? And she says, in a very rude way, I don't care. I don't care. Now, you may be pissed, but you care. You care what that order is. You either want cheese sticks or ding-dongs at any point in your life. And to say that you don't care is just not only disregarding what your needs are at the time, but also setting up something to analyze right now. And is mirroring the same argument of the episode before if fucking Luke is a cheese curl and Ryan is a ding-dong. And he's definitely a ding-dong. She initially said, I don't care or I don't know what to make. But She's transitioned from I don't know what to do to I don't care. That's not true, Marissa. You actually thought you want cheese curls, but you wanted ding-dongs. And this motherfucker, a ding-dong. Oh, he is a ding-dong he for leather cuffs. Ding-dong all day long. And eventually they choose. She says, I don't like ding-dongs. Yeah. Okay, which is also not true. Front. If she had sex last night, then she likes the ding dong. Also, fuck cheese curls. Ding dongs for life. No, it's cheese curls. No, you're so yeah. Wrong. No, salty always. Can we works. be real? Yeah. No, I'm trying to be real Can we right be now. Real? I'm trying to tell you that salty Can is always good. Sweet is sometimes good. We be real. What I would do because I'm a fatty, fat, fat, fat. You get them both. You eat cheese curls first. You eat ding dongs later. Okay. Yes. Have your main <laughs> course. Have your dessert. I understand. But he wouldn't it have asked the question dinner. if they had enough money for both. Oh, they're pores. Yes, they're pores. She is not. She's full of shit. No, she has no change. She, They've never seen coins in their life. They're the OC elite. What is they don't know coin what coins you are. speak of? They keep ramming their credit card into the vending machine. I have this $1,000 bill with FDR on it. <laughs> Sir, please, give me one of your metal thingies. 
I think back then the thousand dollar bill had current Captain EO of business, <laughs> Donald Trump, who would never we would never go on to hear from again. He's not a Captain EO. Don't you fucking get that name out of your mouth. <laughs> you don't think he's a Captain EO of something? Of anything. <laughs> okay, I Captain apologize. Captain EO of eating ding dongs. So they walk back and Marissa gets a little ding dong on her celly cell. The aforementioned jailhouse lighting Jimmy Cooper call. <laughs> oh shit. What am I sitting alone? Eating a bowl of gruel in my new apartment? <laughs> Better call my daughter. Better call my 16-year-old daughter and tell her what's up with my life. Hey, you having fun with friends? Not really? Shut up. <laughs> I'm Jimmy to, Cooper. I'm, I'm here moved, to say. I moved to a new place. I divorced Juku in a major way. I guess it was just a twist of fate, Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jimmy Cooper, as I call him, because I care about our listeners, uh, calls his daughter up and says, Hey... When you get home, hun, I will not be there. I will not be there at all. But I do hope that you enjoy your last date, hurrah. Donovan. Oh, very good. I didn't mean to step on your line. It's all right. Uh, and then she goes in very upset, Seth and Summer asleep. And then Ryan, who listened to the entire conversation, the entire. not just Marissa's side, somehow heard both sides of the conversation. Uh, he tapped Jimmy's phone. <laughs> you know how he do. He ran right to his <laughs> surveillance van. He's a criminal. He- <laughs> He somehow drove a surveillance van down from the OC and listened to the entire conversation. Like some sort of microed chip? Like some sort of microchip. Uh, and as she's like, I forget what she says, but like, I'm fine. And they go to sleep, but they wake up cuddling. Yes, they do. And we talked a little bit about Kirsten's reaction to Jimmy Cooper's kiss. Uh-huh. And she reacted a little bit slowly, but probably fine. Marissa wakes up, finds herself in a cuddle. And reacts slow as well, shit. She smiles and she pretends smiles a to lot, fall bud. asleep yeah. again. And then... This might just be one of her personality trait, Coopers. Shit, trait Donovan. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Idiot. Do I lose? Is that yeah, just you lose. Take a drink. Uh, and then Ryan tells the biggest lie of this whole entire series so far. I was thinking about my mother. He says, I didn't mean to. Yeah. And she goes, no, it's fine. Look, I've slept in a lot of beds with a lot of people. Anytime I wake up cuddling, it's because I went, I bet we could spoon. And Ryan Atwood, who is, you know, the toughest guy in the neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. He wears goddamn leather bracelets. Is a sleep cuddler. Oh, yeah. He, this is not, you can't just decide that, like, Oh, I know that I'm sleeping by my one true love, so I will cuddle her in the middle of the night. He just cuddles whoever he's around. If we're going down that route, then Seth should have poked his head out and be like, honestly, don't look into it. He's done that with me so many nights. Ryan and Seth have cuddled a time or two for sure for at sure. this point. Yeah. And both of them need it so much. Have you ever done this move? Either a move or accidentally. Fallen asleep next to a platonic and then woken up cuddling and been like, hmm. I'm going to answer this, but you're not going to believe me. I've never done it on purpose. I've only done it on accident. And by only done it, I mean I do it every single time. You and I have slept in a bed together, and we have woken up cuddling. And then I smile big and go back to sleep pretending. <laughs> you smile big, mostly because your parents got divorced the night before. But no, if you are in a bed, if you are in a bed with me and I'm an awake, and you're, if I'm an awake, <laughs> if I'm one of those awake people, then I, I don't want you to touch me. But mm-hmm. if you fall asleep around me, not touching me, I will find a way to touch you. You'll be cuddled I'm just, so hard. I'm a sleep time cuddler, bro. I You're don't know what to tell you. Just a sleep time cuddler. It's all, it's all like it's it's not sexual. I promise. Like I'm just trying to get the hugs out that I don't get in my day. <laughs> yeah, you out hate in your my hugs. night. 
So Marissa is arcing here. This, she's thinking about Ryan. She's thinking about Jimmy and Julie. Mm. And they get to TJ. Then they get to TJ. But before that, I do want to one time mention the crane shot that I talked about before when uh, they're all four sleeping in the room and we see the four of them. Mm-hmm. This is now the Fantastic Four. This, this is now is the time. This is OC really finds itself. Yes, this is when it's the, the Fantastic Four are actually created is they're all sleeping in this one room that they did not plan on sleeping in. Because it is, it's very pure to uh, split beds with a person you might want to make out with and not rail. Exactly, yes. It is very impure when you're all just railing in the same room. And I watched that scene like six times. And every time I watched it, they weren't railing. I wanted them to rail, but that's not what this scene is about. No, this, this scene is about, about the creation of Fantastic Four. Uh, about, it's an emotional railing, if you will. But they get to TJ, they go into a bar, and it's one of those bars. Mike gets an. Oh, man. So this is. So Holly is a trifling hoe. Yes. And the minute she found out Coop was not going to TJ, she went, Luke, we're going to fuck there. And Luke is like, no. And come on, how hard, if you have to try hard to get Luke to fuck you, Holly, something's up with you. Not only are you a trifling hoe, but You're a try a, hard hoe. pick a different guy. Yeah, there's so many other water polo bros who would fuck that hoe. And she's just like, we're gonna, because now I'm an evil cackling villain and snidely whiplash. Uh, they're dancing, they're all doing shots, they're having a good time, and then fucking- Well, there's dancing, and then there's dancing. And Holly and Luke start Also, we, we talked about how last week we're like, Luke's getting better. And then we, we said that a little too quickly. Yeah, we He's forgot about better. TJ. Uh, she, she tries to take advantage of Drunk Luke because she goes, I love this song. Nobody has ever liked. Oh, my God. The, the Chemical song- Brothers, that's who this is, has never come on and people go, this is my th- song. I, did you do the research or did you know this? No, yeah, I did the research. Uh, this song is the most generic song you've ever heard. Nobody could say, I love this no, song and mean it. Because it's... It's boom, 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 boom. With every once in a while, you just hear voices be very thematically going, out of control. Out of control. A little less Liza Minnelli than that. But. No, I love the cabaret <laughs> version of the song. That's how I sing songs. And I bet you're going to hear the song in this episode. So you already know what we're talking about. We have a few magical music moments, and that's one of them that we're digging into right now. So... They find they I, they somebody must have texted somebody maybe Seth or no not Seth Summers texting one of the other water polo bros who's not we're at this one particular dirty we're at this TJ bar because there's no way there's this, a billion of them Seth very smarmily goes I love Mexican culture he gets what's happening or he hears that Chemical Brothers song he's like this is my favorite song I wonder if Holly is in there and. They're all having a good time and taking shots, too. The Fantastic Four are. Yeah. But then they turn the corner and just see Luke and Holly grinding and making out. And one of my favorite things about the Fantastic Four is that one when one of them notices something, the second one does, and then the third and fourth will run over uh-huh. and then notice also that exact same thing. And it is Luke and Holly dancing, not just dancing. 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 That means tongues on tongues and bits on tits. And Holly's defense is Luke fucks everybody. Not just everyone, Mike. He fucks girls from modern day and UCI. Ew. Yeah. It's so weird to be trying to fuck a guy and your defense is not, I really like him or anything. It's, well, you're an idiot. He fucks everybody. Holly, what does that make you? Now, Mike. Self-respect, girl. You went to high school not three blocks away from modern day, the high school that is shouted out in this episode. How many modern day girls did you have sex with? Zero. Is that true? Tried once. 
You tried with a modern day girl? Yeah. We went on a, a donut date. It was like 6.30 in the morning. I wanted this girl, Ryan. Did you say- <laughs> We you, worked together. Did you go up to her and you, did you say, uh, hey, you're a modern day girl. I'm a modern day guy. Yes. And That's a good one. That should have worked. sprinkly donut in my face. Uh, true story. We worked together at David's Bridal, one of the many jobs I had in high school. Uh, and then we kept trying to hang out. And the only time she could hang out was 6.30 in the morning on like a Wednesday. And I went, yeah. I'll wake up because I was a fucking idiot. And she went to modern day. And she went to modern day. Modern day is what a uh, private school, but still plays football against our it's public like school. Suit- yeah. So they, their kids are juiced. They look like pro ballers. You said juiced. Yeah. Their kids are juiced. Juiced. Just in case that anybody misheard that. Well, yeah. They are juiced. I think it's obvious because I'm saying they were hard to play against. If I said the other thing, public school would obviously win. So, Luke is also a trifle in hell. Marissa, I think this is when she screams, I have no one, takes off. Summer finds her, but then goes to the bathroom like a chump. Why would you go to the bathroom? And Summer has been on a mission to get her stepmom good pills. Oh, that's another thing that we have yet to point out. This episode works perfectly. Marissa doesn't want to go to Tijuana. Mm -hmm. Donovan's having some problems. Marissa has to go to Tijuana. Uh, Summer's mom needs some pills. Summer buys her some pills. Marissa takes those pills and overdoses. Mm-hmm. Every single ounce of this episode works perfectly. It really does. So Marissa steals these pills and bails to find the one deserted bar. All we've seen is fucking Bacchanalia, Mardi Gras style craziness. Well, it's not deserted, Mike. In the back corner of this bar. Okay. The back corner of this, keep going, is if you're wearing a MAGA hat. The three guys that scare the shit out of you every night are sitting in the corner is, of this bar watching Marissa get shit-faced. This is M, S, and 13. Yes, all of them are there. Is Are these I mean, we're talking like long mustaches, uh-huh. sombreros, shooting guns in the air. Are they potential threats, or are these concerned older dudes for this frail girl passing out in the middle of the bar? It's hard to say. I would like to think that we look at them through Marissa's eyes. Right, and, I think so. She is worried. And we're only seeing potential threats. She took in some shots of tequila and ate a thousand pills, and now she is concerned and runs away. Where They start to get up, and I think it's because they see this child passing yes. out in the bar. And Here's like, a 16-year-old. Oh, yes. But let's just say that the show is not uh, as Trumpy and racist as we okay. think it might have been, and that it's just in her head. Right. But the amount of pills that she has taken... Is this a suicide attempt? Yes. Like, it's a lot of fucking pills. Oh, for sure. She wants out. She Her dad called her and said, I'm leaving your mom, and I'm not going to be at home when you get home. Mm-hmm. And now she is going to kill herself. And Luke and Holly did their thing. And, yeah, she because she does, she sobs to Summer, I have nobody. She she is down. That This is the first of the suicide attempts. She just saw the creation of the song, Luke the Halls with Boughs of Holly. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And now she has to kill I herself. I wish I could give points. <laughs> It uh, it barely makes sense, but God damn it, did you try? And now she's going. She's not going to get high. She is no. going to kill herself. That's not the way you get high by taking half the bottle. It of is pills. Marissa Cooper. She's she got a tolerance. She's not a smart smart. But this is also the erratic camera and the edited song. Like it's like clippy and 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 minor key now when they're searching for Marissa. That's the downside of TJ. Before it was the happy fun side of TJ. Now this is dark. By the way, exactly the same. Both sides have bros screaming yeah. at you and throwing beer everywhere. That's how I know I'm old. Is the whole time I went, this looks horrific. And then when she was That's in that a fun time, when she was in that bar, I was like, I'd be one of those old guys yeah. now. I just want to say, I'm sweaty. I hate the kids, and you I'm worried that this mustache. girl is falling over. 
I just want to watch a 16-year-old girl drink herself to death. <laughs> I'm Mike Gravano, and I support this message. <laughs> if that commercial is just for me to be a dirtbag, there's no, I'm not running for anything. I'm not selling anything. Well, people are running against you the oh, second yeah, you release like, that message. He should not be alive, I guess. I don't know. I, I unite the country. And then she goes and she passes out in the middle of an alley. We've all been there. And then we have... We we talked about the crane shot where we see the Fantastic Four for the first uh-huh. time. But then we have what may be the single most iconic OC image that is actually repeated in later seasons. And this, does he, at a certain point, does he go, it's a living? <laughs> He's just so used to it. Where Ryan, the whole gang, I think Summer sees her first. Summer sees her first and like points her out, but then like sobs into Seth's chest instead of running forward like a good friend would. Well, if you have an Atwood, you send an Atwood. Yeah. He's the Marines of the group. Don't send uh, Roberts to do an Atwood's job. Exactly. Uh, she And Seth just looks distraught. Nobody calls Mexican 911. They just let <laughs> Leathercuff's Ryan pick this girl up. Nueve uno uno. <laughs> and this is another magical music moment is uh, Into Dust. Tur- the song is called Into Dust. I cannot remember who sings it. But it's a very like quiet, like it's been just crazy noise for forty fucking minutes in Tijuana, and, and now we're in a scene. It is just like guitar pickings and it, another crane shot. Did all their crane budget go here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's Mazzy Star. It's Mazzy Star into dust, and it crane shot over him while he like superhero walks out of the alley with her in his arms. Also, he picks her right the fuck up. Mm-hmm. She's taller than him. Mike, my experience with uh, picking girls up based on my body type. How? Is very hard. I am grabbing onto all walls around me, but Ryan Atwood swoops in there like a crane, crane shot, and it picks her right up and carries her to safety. How many times have you hurt your back trying to pick up a? Literally person? all of them. <laughs> Every single fucking time, and that fade to black, motherfucker. That is the episode, which is motherfucking bullshit. And this is the eighth or ninth time that the OC has done this. Don't end the episode. Give me more episodes. Don't you know? That 15 years later, we have to wait a week to watch the next one? Come on, dude. What are you doing to us? All other people who aren't doing a podcast, we're like the people in 2004. We now have to wait a fucking week to see what happens to Marissa? But we get to talk. Okay, you're going to a weird rap and I like it. But we get to talk about it all week, which we will fucking do. That's that's absolutely true. Do you have any final words? Are there any things we missed? This is 100% the best episode of the OC that has ever existed. This is everything you need. I cannot believe that they did everything they did with the kids and TJ. And then also Jimmy kissed Kirsten. This is proving the fact that it can hit the soap opera on every single level possible. Mm -hmm. Do you think this is the episode to show if there's a naysayer? They've heard of the OC. They fucking hate the idea of it. Is this the episode you show them? Hard to say. We have seven episodes to get to know these characters. But if I had to pick one and I could not pick the pilot, then I would say, yeah, this is the one it where... It feels like it, right? It's because of Seth and Summer mm-hmm. bickering. It's because of Sandy, what Sandy says to Kirsten. Jimmy kiss, kisses Kirsten. There's so much in this episode, So dude. much chemistry just going back and forth. It's so fucking good. Uh, that That is our show. Uh, no, dude. No, we gotta go. Come, they, what happens in this, TJ? This is our fade to black. Will all, it stay in TJ? All I have, they probably won't stay in TJ. We could either end the show or if to just give, because you need a life vest. Do you, do you want to hear the last magical mu- musical moment that we rushed on through? Yeah, because we didn't talk about Death Cab. It, motherfucker, of course it's Death Cab. It is a movie script ending, uh, is the name of the song. 
They, and Summer sums up Death Cab pretty easily. Pretty poorly. No, pretty perfectly. Like, she was dead on balls accurate there. She said, uh, it's just one guy with a guitar whining. Yes, that is Death Cab. That song has drums all over it. There's a full band, obviously, in this song. I know. Imagine a song so bad that you can't even hear the drums. You can easily hear the drums. Nope, you can't hear the drums because the, the guy's just whining too loud. So I was going to say, what's your relationship to emo? But it feels like uh, you're a big jock bully and you are an idiot. Death Cab is the radio head of Tom Jones. Like, they can go fucking drive off a cliff and I would pay if they're in a cab, amount of money. that would make it a Death Cab. Dra- get in a cab and fucking drive off a cliff and die, Death Cab. The three bands you rattled off, I would see so quickly live together. Who headlines? Who knows? Ryan's wrong. Death Cab rules. Can we not end shows like that anymore? Every episode. Ryan's wrong. Well, you That's are. That's the end of the show. What's your website? My website is, of course, yourpopfilter.com. Go there for this show and all of our other shows. You will love this website. It looks nice. It feels nice. It smells nice. It does. I feel like it's the first website to ever smell nice. Yourpopfilter.com. You should follow us on all social medias at Your Pop Filter on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Your Pop Filter. It's everything you love about us and little digestible bits and bites. Ryan, yes. shopping sprees. If you were to go on to a shopping spree, make sure that your shopping cart is completely empty and you know where the timer is at. Because that timer goes whether you think it's going or not. And also, big ticket items first. Make sure that you are shoving all of the expensive stuff into the bottom of your cart and then fill the top of your cart with the like the cheap like other like stuffed animals and stuff doesn't matter shoppingspree.com yourpopfilter.com/amazon is what he meant to say yourpopfilter.com/amazon is your new amazon bookmark thanks buddy we're on youtube if you like us but want way shorter and want visuals check out your pop filter on youtube it's mostly i think of superhero hour hour but you'll like it our YouTube guy replaces our heads with handsome heads. And cat heads sometimes. It's fun and to watch. Handsome cat heads. Ryan. Yes. Tell the lovely folks about our Patreon. Your pot no, patreon.com slash your pot filter is where you can go to support us in the best way possible by subscribing with Kashish. And if you do that, you get so many extra prizes. If you're a listener to any of our shows, you will get so much more than you ever bargained for. No, wait. It's You'll the exact the amount that you bargained for. It's You're exactly what you bargainer. paid for. Yeah. Uh, so go there. Give us whatever you have to give. That is so awesome. Patreon.com slash Your Pop Filter. Uh, let us know. Did you think this was a dog shit episode? Contact at YourPopFilter.com. Did you love this episode? 1562DRDJPOP. I was going to say .com, but that is our robot associate. Let us know what you thought about this episode and everything. Just scream, welcome to the OCD, bitch, and we'll get to the right avenue. Let us know is how I, argue, or, uh, how I order burgers. Let us know. I just don't like it. I got it. I had to say it out loud to get it. That's the show. Thank you to the Holophonics for our fucking dope-ass theme song. They were awesome tonight. Better than usual. Better than usual. No, they've been phoning in the last couple episodes, but I think holophoning it in. Holophoning it in. But uh, that's the show. That's Ryan. This is Mike. Are they going to come back from TJ? I think they will. What if they don't? But we need the end of the show before it gets too late, Donovan. Did we already say that one? Did we use that one? Yeah, we used that one. Of course, we did. Shit. Do you want to sit here? Because. Yeah, I can sit here and I can try to... Is there uh, a good debate, Donovan? <laughs> I can try to 
uh, take away from your feelings, or I could take your ego and inflate Donovan. California, California, here we come.